Appreciate you making us a part of your Sunday evening. Where else? But right here, CBS Sports Radio on this President's Day weekend. It is in the books. Officially, the All-Star Game has concluded. The East sets a record for most points ever scored in an All-Star Game, scoring 211 points. They beat the West 211 to 186. And what was predictable a week ago, what the discussion was going to be after the game, lived up to it, and that was the lack of defense. This is my stance on it, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I have no problem with the lack of competitiveness in the All-Star game. I actually think it's a good thing. I, and I think I'm in the majority here, the big-time majority, care most in the NBA about the playoffs. That is first and foremost, right? How do you play in the postseason? Who wins championships? And so if you're not playing well in the postseason, if you're hurt in the postseason, that's going to impact you. And so for me, like, when athletes have to focus on being at their peak in order to play well in the postseason, that, I think, partly entails taking it easy on a night like tonight in which you see the All-Star game feature no defense whatsoever. It's happened now for 10 years, the last 15, 20 years. There's been an exodus of defense in this glorified exhibition. And I think that's the right thing. Prioritize health and make sure that you are leaving this game first and foremost in one piece and not dinged up where you can miss time or have to deal with a nagging injury that could impact you down the stretch and in the playoffs. This game is not important to anybody. So why go hard and risk getting hurt and missing meaningful games down the stretch of the regular season and into the postseason? I don't see the benefit of playing hard and selling out um, in the All-Star game. I, I don't see it. And it leads to what we saw tonight, which is an offensive... Basically, I mean, the All-Star game now is basically 24 of the best players in the league on one court doing a pregame shoot-around. That's basically what it is. Open shots, no defense, easy dunks, everyone getting out of the way, laughing, joking, having fun. That's what it is. And I don't think that we really should expect it to be anything more. This game doesn't, like, it literally does not matter. It has no impact on the standings, team-wise. It has no impact individual-wise when it comes to, like, legacy um, or standing in the game. No one's going, no player is going to gain more respect from their peers or from the media or fans based on how they play in an All-Star game. That's never happened and never will happen. You gain respect by how you play in the postseason first and foremost, and your regular season plays factored into that as well. But no one ever references, oh, well, he averaged 30 points in the All-Star game. So uh, up his standing, he's going to pass another greater. That's the tiebreaker right there. That, that's not reality. So if the game doesn't mean anything, if we as fans don't actually care about how you perform in the in the All-Star game, then why try hard? I can't fault the players whatsoever. And again, I think they're in the right because I think a lot of the players will say half-assing it, treating it like a scrimmage. A lot of the players, I think, in a way, by doing that, by loafing it, are telling you 
we care about the playoffs the most. So we're not going to jeopardize our ability to play in the playoffs. We're going to take it easy. They are simply going off what we are telling them. We tell them, hey, you can't gain respect unless you play well in the postseason. We then, as collectively as fans, can't turn around and say, how dare you not try in a game that we don't actually care about? How dare you put yourself at injury risk in an exhibition and impact how you play in the postseason and your chance to win a championship because you went all out in a game that we don't care about? Do you see my point here? If we don't care, why should the players care? In this aspect. In this very game. This is just background TV. That's all it is. It's a Sunday night background TV. Nothing wrong with that. Because the real marquee television, the real main event, is in two months come April when the playoffs start. That's what we care about the most. That's what we talk about the most come that time. And that's what's remembered the most. Who wins championships? Who plays well in the playoffs? That's where legacies are created and and improved. Not all-star game performances. So, why try? Why put yourself in a position to get hurt in a game that does not matter? That's my opinion. I don't understand it, and I see... Not surprising, it was very predictable. A lot of pushback on the effort level tonight in the All-Star game. A lot of people upset and voicing their frustration with what has been just a, a, a lack of care and a lack of intensity from NBA All-Stars. Forget about whether you agree or not. Here's another question. Will it improve? Because every year feels like the definition of insanity. Every year, the discussion going into the game is, oh, is this going to be the year they're going to play defense? Oh, man, I really hope they try. Every single year, fans, media, other legends, Larry Bird today was seen at the Legends Brunch basically pleading for defense to be played. Safe to say Larry did not get his wish with the East setting a scoring record. But every year, it's the same conversation. I hope they play. I hope they try. I hope there's intensity. Every year, it's the same thing. There's not. Is there fixing it? Are we going to eventually see a change? I don't see how. The MVP of the game, Damian Lillard, after the game was asked about the competitive uh, competitiveness and basically what can be changed to improve the intensity of the game. Here's Dame's answer. Like, like, think about what Dame is talking about there for a second. He's trying to be like, if we have less leak out dunks. It's going to be more competitive. That's not what people are complaining about. Like, they're, like my part of my problem, or, or uh, not problem, part of my acceptance, I should say, about the All-Star game being what it is right now, which is a glorified scrimmage, part of it is not getting hurt and valuing postseason um, ability and availability over a exhibition. That's number one. But number two is I have accepted, and I think more people should, the fact that this game is not going to change because there's no way to actually get players that don't want to try. There's no way to incentivize them to play. What can the NBA do? The answer is nothing. Dame is here talking about less leak out dunks. That's not what people are complaining about. I don't even know how you prevent that. 
What what rule are you going to put in there and says, oh, you can't cherry pick? And just wait on the other other end of the court so to get a free layup or a free dunk. That's not what's ruining the game. It's an overall lack of intensity, lack of trying. There is no fixing it. The faster everybody realizes that, the faster we can stop this stupid conversation each and every year of, well, why is it the All-Star game? Why isn't it competitive? Why is no one trying? The answer is because we've told the players we don't care. If we don't care, if we don't value what you do in the All-Star game, if we do not care what stats you put up, when it comes to legacy, when it comes to like looking back on your career, nobody ever mentions All-Star game performance. If we as a fan, as a collective NBA-watching community, don't care, and we have told the players what we care about, which is the postseason, why should they in turn care, try hard, and risk getting injured in a game that we have said we don't care about? Make it make sense to me. And there's also no solution. There is no solution whatsoever to make this game more competitive. You want to put a financial component? The NBA has tried. And by the way, these guys are too rich for that. What financial incentive are you going to put in LeBron's contract to make him play 40 hard minutes in an All-Star game? Tell me what you got to dangle in front of Jason Tatum to make him play this All-Star game like it's Game 7 of the Finals. It's not happening. That's part of the issue. There's nothing that can be done to change this game for the better. Accept what it is and move on. I have no problem like sacrificing this game if it means we get 24 of the best players in the world leaving this weekend in Indy healthy and in a better spot for the playoffs. That's all. That's my priority. And that's why I think this All-Star Weekend was a win. No one got hurt. But when it comes to actually, instead of just complaining about the lack of competitiveness, what can be done? What tangibly can be done to make players try on defense? To bring an intensity out that has them playing hard for 48 minutes? There's no answer you can you could tell me that's going to change that. You know how I know that? Because I'll play it right now what Luka Doncic said after the game. Luka was asked, basically, you know, of how good of a scorer he is in the regular season. Why is he someone that is so deferential on offense to LeBron and others? Well, here's kind of Luka's perspective on his role. Again, one of the best players in the league. His role come All-Star Weekend. That last part is very important. I just follow the lead. If LeBron's not trying, Steph's not trying, Luke is not going to try. It is, and you kind of watch it as it unfolds tonight, but other All-Star games, it is kind of like a lead-by-example sort of thing. If the, you know, if it's, eh, you know, we're just going to kind of take it easy, have a good time out here, let's get a few runs in, fellas, but, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is let's get out of here healthy, you're not going to have a jackass running out there, you know, with a full court press taking charges in the first quarter of an All-Star game. Luka just told you he follows the leader. 
A lot of other players play like that. And so if it is a kind of copycat league, or I should say, let's say put it this way, a copycat game, we're kind of everyone's under the the same unwritten rule of, hey, we're not going to really try that hard. We're just going to kind of take it easy. There's no making this game competitive. There's no changing the intensity. And so there's no solution. And so if you don't understand that, then you're just going to get frustrated each and every year. And we're going to have the same conversation at this time of the year each and every year. Last year was the the last time I actually held out hope that an All-Star game could be competitive. And I waved the white flag last year and started realizing it's never going to change. And honestly, again, health should be the priority of a game that we don't care about. So that being the case, I've accepted it. I have no problem with the way right now the state of the All-Star game is. Do you have a problem right now? If you disagree, I should say. If you think the NBA All-Star game is awful, needs to be improved, is a bad product, and is a slap in the face to the fans, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on social media. Brandon's calling from Chicago. What's up, Brandon? <laughs> What is going on, Brandon? Hey, hey! I, I just want to say that you were very nice to me the last time we spoke. You let me uh, do a scoreboard update, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, that that was pretty cool. Um, my suggestion was um, you can respectfully bow out if you are if you are selected as an officer. You can respectfully bow out and give your spot to someone else who, who will play. I, I, I mean, if you will have that option, and 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 have people, and it will be the the commissioner's discretion. The commissioner feels. You know, you're not giving your all, then you you won't be selected again. They, they, you, you will have a choice to to compete or or stay your ass home. That's my uh, opinion. I mean, you can't fault the guys for for, for staying. Look, I I mean, thank you for for for, for accepting hmm. me, but uh, I I got some nagging injuries. I, I'd rather give my spot to someone who who's, who's going to give the, uh, the people a show because the Austin game is for the fans. That's an interesting concept. I appreciate the call, Brandon. I just don't know how you, like, govern that. Like, there already are, right, injury replacements. We saw Joel Embiid get replaced. Obviously, he didn't play. A few others um, came in there late as well. So there are already injury replacements. But I think the risk you run if you're Adam Silver in the league is, well, then how much is this going to get watered down where now a quarter quarter of the league are all-stars and now we're watching, like, fringe guys play? Like, part of the all-star appeal of why fans want to tune in and why they want to see a good game is it's best on best. Giannis on LeBron. You know, if he was healthy, Embiid on Jokic. Like, you're seeing the best the game has to offer facing off against each other. I don't think, like, if we saw a more competitive game, but it was like, so we got right now, right, the top 24 players, but there's some injury replacements. Let's just say the top 30 players. Top 30 players in the league we're playing in this game in Indy tonight. Let's just say all of them are like, eh, you know what? I'm not going to play that hard. Give it to another guy that's going to play, you know, play harder. And now all of a sudden we go to the the next apron. So we again go to the next, the, the basically from 30 to 60, those best players in the league. Are we watching as intently? I don't think so. I don't think we're locked into... <sighs> So bonus is a tough one because he was should have made the team and didn't. Like a solid player.
but not an all-star caliber player. Like, I don't think we're tuning in to watch Kristaps Porzingis play in the all-star game. Kyle Kuzma play in the all-star game. They may play hard, and they could put up a better game, but their names aren't driving people to watch. So that's the only thing, Brandon, that I disagree with, is that I just don't see how, if you're Adam Silver, you can govern that. Because I think you still, even despite a lackluster effort, the names are a bigger draw than the actual game itself. I think if you replace these top 30 players with the next 30 players that are going to play harder, I don't think as many people would watch or be interested. More people would watch the best players half-ass it than watch solid players go all out. That's, I think, the biggest problem with with that thought or, or that solution, if you will, on how to make the game more competitive. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on social media. Is there a solution? Is there anything that could possibly change the way right now the All-Star game is in terms of a competitive standpoint? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. There is one problem, I will say, with the NBA. I don't think it's a competitiveness in the All-Star game. But there is one overarching theme that I think we could say in this day and age of NBA player, it is a detriment to them, and it's a detriment to the uh, to the league itself. I'll tell you what that is when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome on in, Ryan Hickey with you after this NBA All-Star game was once again, get ready for it. You ready? You're going to be in disbelief. Not competitive. Not a lot of trying on defense. Not a lot of effort or intensity shown in the game. I'm okay with that. I have no problem prioritizing health. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest W from All-Star Weekend is the fact that everyone left healthy. Can't jeopardize the postseason. Can't jeopardize your team's ability to win a title this year by trying and getting hurt in a game that's an exhibition. But one thing that I think is troubling for the league, that is a big theme throughout it for a lot of players, is the fact that I think a lot of players in today's NBA think they're too cool. Think they're too cool to try. And because of that, I think it's being too cool is also masking a fear of failure. And that's a problem. Like, you look at the All-Star weekend, right? The festivities. No one really trying in the in the dunk contest. No, not a lot of big names, you know, in the skills competition. We saw right now in the All-Star game, not even a lot of effort. I think there is a a troubling habit or a troubling wave, if you will, of players being afraid to fail because of what's going to happen on social media, of what people are going to say on Twitter, on the radio, on the internet. It's stupid, but it's real. And I thought Vincent Goodwell of Yahoo Sports wrote an article about that this morning, kind of highlighting that and why not a lot of players are in the dunk contest, in the three-point contest, in the skills competition, and just don't really try or don't really care. 
comes from not a, a fear of getting hurt, comes from a fear of failure and getting embarrassed. There's a big difference between the two. And I think that fear of embarrassment is holding a lot of players back. Because I do think failure is how a lot of us learn. And it's a good tool. It makes us better. You learn from your failures in order to not repeat them again, in order to grow as a player, as a business owner, as a lawyer, you name it. The way we grow and get better is by doing and, and learning. And I, I could tell a personal story. Some of the worst radio I have ever done, I've done a lot, but some of the worst I've ever done, I will never forget. I did it was like a few months ago on the old time slot, Saturday morning, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., where I did this common sense coach bit that was brutal. Had a whistle, had some accent that I wasn't really sure where it was from. It was like sort of English, sort of Southern. It was panhandle-esque. It was awful. But it was just trying to highlight like common sense needs to come back to NFL coaching. So I did a little bit, did some impersonations. It went horribly. But me putting myself out there, not being afraid of doing some bad radio, which it was, spurred later on the creation of a, a new bit I've started doing um, called Pression Predictor, where it's kind of having a robot come on the show and, and predict games for that weekend. It's a little tougher now in the slot. I'm going to try to bring him back. It's gone over well. Fan, at least, uh, again, if you listen, hopefully, for the Saturday morning show, um, a lot of people I, I've heard have liked it. But that new segment was spawned off of a failed segment of a bad impression of a Southern English football coach. So it's like that failure for me helped create a bit that I think is better and is a bit that people have said they've enjoyed. But it never, like, that pressure predictor segment never would have come to fruition if I never tried and was, or if I was afraid of failing. And I think that's too prevalent in the NBA these days where guys are too cool that they're afraid, oh, I'm not going to do the dunk contest because God forbid if I miss the dunk, I'm going to get clowned on Twitter. Oh, if I lose to Mac McClung, I'm never going to hear the end of it. That's why I give Steph Curry so, so, many, so much props, so much respect. He had no reason to face off against Sabrina Unescu uh, last night. He had no reason to do it. He beats her what he's supposed to. If he loses, oh my God, you lost to Sabrina and she shot from where you shoot from. You're a clown. There was no benefit for Steph, but he did it. And you know what? That ended up being the highlight of the weekend. That was the only really redeeming all-star weekend moment was Steph versus Sabrina showdown. And it sounds like, hopefully at least, that's going to repeat or just the idea is going to repeat next year. But that was the best moment born from a player and Steph being self-confident enough to basically be like, yeah, I may embarrass myself, but who cares? It's for the greater good. That sentiment, that mentality is missing from a lot of players. I think that is more of a detriment to players in the league, but just the overall play in the NBA. That is, to me, worse than players not participating in the All-Star game, half-assing it in what is an exhibition. So I, I've given my piece. I'm not, you know, I'll stand strong in. I have no problem with the lack of, of caring and the lack of defense that's played in the NBA All-Star game. 
if you disagree, if you have a problem right now with, with how this is being played and where the All-Star game has got to at this point, 855-212-4227. Steve is there. Call from Miami. What's up, Steve? Hey, buddy. How's it going? What's going on, man? What's on your mind? I have a much narrower problem okay. that I think if they could do something could help. When, when I was coming up, what I looked forward to in the All-Star game was the great fast breaks, the spectacular passing, the above-the-rim plays, the spectacular dunks, the, the one-on-one battles where the superstars would go one-on-one, taking turns going at each other up and down the court. There's one thing, and if you watched it tonight, it was so apparent, that sucks the life out of all of that beyond the effort is jacking three. <laughs> the East took 90, I think the number is 97 threes tonight, meaning they missed 50-something. It's the laziest play in basketball. It doesn't require a great pass, doesn't require a screen, doesn't require great ball handling, nothing to come up court and fire up a three and more than likely miss it. And it sucks all of those things I talked about right out of the game. You are right. And look at the box score now, Steve. 97 threes out of 146 shots. Well over 50% of the shots taken were from three. Absurd. And, And what I would love for them to do, hey, the threes don't count for three until the fourth quarter. So you have no incentive to jack it now. Hey, go make a go make a cut to the basket. Go make a fancy pass. Go bounce it off the ground and see if LeBron will catch it off the backboard. Whatever it is you want to do. I used to remember Isaiah or Iverson or anybody making plays like that. All of that is gone. Everybody just comes down court, jacks a three, more than likely misses it. They go the other way. He jacks a three, more than likely misses it. So I think something having to do with the three. You're right. Number one is effort. But the narrower thing is what the three has done. It's done it to the game overall, but particularly on steroids in the All-Star game. That's interesting. I appreciate that sentiment, Steve. Thanks for calling in and chiming in uh, your opinion. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, yeah, I did not realize it was that. Like, you look at the box score, it does jump out 97 threes. If you want to... Provide, look, a little bit more pizzazz, like it looks at a little bit more maybe behind-the-back passing. Like, I, well, I'm here for it. If you want to eliminate the three, I, I'm here for it. I think that makes a slight improvement. Like, we can make tweaks to slightly improve the game, make it a little bit more watchable. If you want to, if you don't mind them half-assing and you just want to see more dunks, more alley-oops, more... Um, cool passes, you know, one-on-ones, dribble through your legs, whatever. I think eliminating the three would help that, but the overall competitiveness of the game I don't think is improving that much, which I don't think was your point, which I I would agree with. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for, you know, tinkering. I'm here for small changes here and there. Um, I just don't think it's, it's going to, in the end, matter that much. Like, in terms of making it a true game. Like, if you are looking for... A playoff-like atmosphere in the All-Star game? Keep looking. It's never going to happen again. At least not anytime soon. And I think part of what we have, as fans have to do is adjust our expectations. Go in thinking or expecting 
this is what we're going to see, and maybe that makes you appreciate it more than thinking going into the game, all right, we're going to see the 12 greatest players on each side go all out for 48 minutes, and we're going to see a high-intensity, really good basketball game. If you think that or expect that, it's never going to happen. If you treat it like it is, an exhibition, and you embrace the dunks, you embrace the the fast breaks, you embrace just the overall lackadaisical effort, I think it's more enjoyable. There's a lot of discussion right now what should happen. How can we make the NBA All-Star game more competitive? How can we have players care and try? There's been a lot of solutions I've been seeing on social media. I got one solution right to my Twitter handle at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three from Ron Hughes, who tweets, have the winning conference get home court advantage in the NBA Finals. Ron is not the only person I have seen say that. That is the worst. That is the absolute worst idea the NBA could ever come up with. Home court in the Finals. Who co- co- who has a chance to or an advantage to win the championship? Being based on, not on how you do in the regular season, who has the better record, but being based on an all-star game in which the player who, who maybe has the best game is not even in the finals? And having him impact who has home court is awful. That is the worst idea. It happened in baseball. I despised it. One of my happiest days as a baseball fan is when they announced home field advantage in the World Series was no longer tied to which league won the All-Star game. The day that rule went away was the day I actually enjoyed the All-Star game more. It shouldn't have any sort of implications because it's an exhibition. I don't want Kevin Durant determining who has, you know, the West having home court, but then the Suns get bounced in the first round. And now all of a sudden the the Celtics, who may by that point have the best record in the league, they got to go on the road to Denver game number one of the finals because of what Kevin Durant did in February. Don't have the all-star game impact the finals. Don't touch it. It's not going to help anyway. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, they're not playing harder because a spot in the, or I should say home court advantage is on the line for the finals. Don't, please, I beg you, Adam Silver, uh, who I'm sure is going to be looking into big time here, how to make this game more competitive and how to, you know, get a better product on the court. Please do not tinker with and think that putting home court on the line is the solution. It will not improve the intensity of the game. And you're going to determine, in a way, slightly, who wins a championship based on a game that no one cares about. Please do not do that. We could talk about, like we just talked about before, you want to eliminate the three-point line and now, you know, force guys to pass better and, and work, you know, get more guys going to the hoop. Fine. We could talk about that. The one adjustment that to me is a non-starter. No way, Jose, from the beginning. 
is putting home court or having home court in the finals determined by which conference wins the All-Star game? No, sir, re. 855-212-4227. John's call from Toronto. What's up, John? Uh, good evening, Ryan. Uh, thanks for taking my call. A couple, a couple of things I'm thinking. Uh, you were mentioning in the three-point. Uh, if they can't make any of those shots once, until once they're over center court, are they doing it before that time now? I haven't seen a game for a while. <laughs> Do you know? What was your question, sorry? No, it's not a question. I want them to uh, take away the, you know, the three-pointer unless they're over center court. Are they shooting from beyond the center court? Dane pulled up from half court, but no one is pulling up on the other side of the court. No, no, that's not the problem, John. Oh, okay. Uh, how about uh, goaltending? Not Nobody, you know, tries to prevent the ball from coming from three-point. Hold on. <clears throat> three-point distance because it's going to be goaltending. Once the ball is coming down. So now you're promoting goaltending? No, I, I want to get rid of it for the game. I don't want any goaltending. There is no goaltending. No, they got rid of that rule? When was the last time you watched an NBA game, John? When have I watched one? Yeah, when was the last time you watched one? <laughs> Probably uh, last year or something like that. Not Yeah, a year, but I didn't know they got rid of goaltending. When did that happen? Because I used to get called for it all the time, and I thought it was a dumb rule. Let's put it that way. Okay? Uh, I thought it was a terrible that's been, rule. That's been uh, gone for a while. Yeah, you can't, when the ball's coming down, you can't stop it from Yeah, yeah, from I was in, in track that's... and field, so I was a jumper. So uh, they wanted me on the basketball team. You know, I could get up and touch the hoop, and I'm only 5'9". Anyway, wow. uh, how about uh, these game shows? They're playing for a charity. Can't they have either conference playing uh, for a charity like the game is so many points uh, all the individual John you're not going to believe it what? they tried that huh they they tried that they tried that Should how about this ready John I watched uh, maybe all-star maybe game. they could do a draft how about that where you have two captains and you draft who's on your team think that would change the intensity no no they had that in uh, NHL hockey. They did it. Like just this last one. It was the first time they did a draft. You know, but uh, that's different sport. Uh, right, right. Well, they also did, they did, they did. John, thank you for the call. They've tried the draft as well in the NBA. It's not worked. There's a joke there that's gone over John's head. Um, John said he, Alex, John said he watched the game last year. I would have put it like 1975 the last time John watched an NBA game. <laughs> but the the thing was the the draft actually had competitiveness, if you remember. In 2020, when they had the target score. Um, the Elam ending. Yeah. I mean, it was, the last five minutes was amazing. I, I, I remember I, it ended in a free throw, which was a little anticlimactic. But the way they were playing defense and the way they were trying to score... Um, it felt it felt like it felt good. That twenty twenty was the last All Star weekend, both from the All Star game perspective and from the you know Saturday night perspective, where it was just it was just so so good. So it's been the, well, last, the last weekends we had too. Yeah, I, it, it was literally right before like Crazy. everything just 
shut down. So. But to your point, I like I like the Elam ending. I, I'm with you in the sense that I think it does naturally create a little bit more competition because now you're not fighting the clock. It's just I got to get if I want to win the game, I got to get a stop. So like taking the clock out of it, I'm here for. But I also think overall, like it improves those five minutes. We'll say seven minutes, and I, I'll take five or seven minutes. But I don't think it's going to improve like the overall intensity of of the game itself where you're, from the opening tip, you're going to see guys busting it and playing hard. I like the Elam ending worked. Um, I just don't think it, it works for only a, a small amount of time, which if that's, again, it only that works is a win. The end. It, it, it right, that's a win. The beginning, yeah. That's a win. Nate's call from Chicago. What's up, Nate? Hey, Ryan. How are you? Good, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Hey, so I kind of agree with you that like, Ever since I've been watching the NBA All-Star Game, it's been a joke, kind of. Um, so, I know um, one of your other callers said about taking out the three-point. I kind of agree. But I think the other thing we could do is, like, maybe have, like, a certain stipulations, like, each quarter. So, like, maybe one quarter goes, like, three-on-three three for a quarter. And maybe you put a little more time on the clock so it's not 12 minutes, it's longer. And then maybe, mm. you know, the – second quarter you have you have to make five or six passes before you can shoot it or something you know different stipulations that have you know maybe make it a little more intensive or make you know a change to the game i don't know what you do for the other two quarters but you know there's you definitely could come up with something like that if you wanted to get creative Nate, and be able to make it i want to talk about that more when we come back from break here i like where your head is at and i i like one uh appreciate the call i like the creativity and this in part, I think, goes to managing expectations. This in part, I want to play it for you when we come back here. Larry Bird, uh, before the game today, was speaking at a Legends brunch, and I'll play what he said, but he basically was pleading for defense in this game. Uh, spoiler alert, Larry did not get what he wanted. But I think it goes to an overall mindset going into All-Star Weekend I think has to change. And I like where Nate's head is at, and I like the fact that now we're getting creative because there are ways to save the All-Star game while still acknowledging it's never going to be a true game. I want to dive into that more when we do return here. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you have a solution that can make the NBA All-Star game more competitive than it is, 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. We'll get to more of that when we return. Right here on CBS Sports Radio.